daddy gonna stay in school and, and graduate. You're gonna die, Klaus! You can do it! Captain Insano shows no mercy. You can do it! I love my mama very much. Now you know that. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! Hello and welcome to the Sandler Pit, the podcast where it's not you, it's the Chimichangas. Oh, that's a, uh, even though, is that Jack and Jill? <laughs> yeah. She starts shitting herself at the start. <laughs> you threw me off with the voice though. You didn't even attempt a Jill voice. No, I think that sounded a bit Alan Partridge, if anything, didn't it? <laughs> it did a little. So I'm Luke, this is Luke, and this is the Sandler Pit, a podcast where we watch and talk about every single Adam Sandler film or appearance or TV show or something that he's produced and is not in. What are we watching this week? Well, it's some of the latter. I think you said films that he's not in. We're watching <laughs> our first film of the year 2022. Two. Is it 20? Yeah, 2022 is The House Bunny. Have you ever seen this film? Uh, I've only seen the poster for it and like the cover, I think. I remember there was a phase where my sister really liked this film when we were like, I think probably when it first sort of came out, like 2008, 2009. But no, I've not watched it properly. I've just loaded up the IMDb though and I can see Colin Hanks is in it. I love Colin Hanks. He's Tom Hanks' second best son. No, oh, no, no. Hang on. <laughs> oh, what's going on with Tom Hanks's youngest son? Chet. Chet Hanks. Um, he's still like a SoundCloud rapper or whatever it is. Yeah, what is it that he did? I can't even remember. I just know that he's a bit of a... He's randomly got a... He speaks in Patois and he's got a Jamaican accent sometimes. <laughs> and he released a music video where his head was like bouncing like a basketball on a woman's ass while she twerked. <laughs> Imagine Tom Hanks watching that. He's made fucking Toy Story. <laughs> That's my boy. That is my boy. <laughs> That's quite, that was all right. <laughs> but yeah, I've never seen this either. But I think it's one of those, you know, back in the day where you'd get like a DVD or something and then there'd be a few trailers for films. Maybe it was like a trailer on like the Dodgeball DVD. Mm-hmm. I feel like when I used to go to Blockbusters a lot, just before they sort of closed, I can't remember what. Actually, no, it must be a couple of years before that. I feel like I remember seeing this film on the shelf all the time. Yeah, it doesn't look too great, but it has got apparently a cult following now. I mean, yeah, you could say about quite a lot of films. I think. You gotta remember, we watch like Coneheads. I think that's got a co- <laughs> that's got a yeah. cone following. <laughs> <laughs> Coneheads has got the cone following. Shakes the clown's got the clown following. The what insane clown posse. I think they go by. <laughs> <laughs> um, just so rubbish. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Cult films have never really been our bag on this podcast no. so far. So it'd be interesting to see. I don't know if this is the same sort of cult following that would be behind something like Coneheads. Really, they look like very different films. This kind of it looks a bit like a reaction to something like Mean Girls, doesn't it? Like a chick yeah, flick. Yeah, I, I guess. Uh, is this the only film with a female lead that Happy Madison has made? Quite possibly. I'm not too sure, to be honest, but um, I guess if you count like the hot chick, but Rob Schneider's the lead of that. Yeah, exactly. Who's the actor in um, the hot chick? Anna Faris? No, the the main. The oh, main. Uh, Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams, yeah. She's barely in that film. She's really <laughs> underused. Anna Faris was really good in that, and I do quite like her whenever I see her and stuff. Yeah, especially around this kind of time. Like, they have massive issues, but like her in the scary movie films was always quite funny. It was just everything around her was a bit dodgy. Yeah. Was she in the TV show Friends? 
Probably. She know. was in the TV show Friends. She was Erica in Friends, the person who gives her child to Monica and Chandler in oh, your right. favourite TV show Friends. In my TV show that I love watching. Have you watched <laughs> the Friends reunion yet? I haven't stopped watching the Friends reunion. <laughs> I watch it every night before bed. <laughs> it's not a reunion anymore. It's just friends because I watch it so much. <laughs> Matt LeBlanc's really funny in it. It's worth watching even if you don't like the He's show. He's been saving it up because he hasn't been in anything apart from Top Gear for the last like 25 years. <laughs> Right, fucking. He just came across as a really likable dude. The cast of this is actually pretty good. Mm. But uh, Chet Hanks, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it hasn't. It's got got the good one. Anna Faris, Colin Hanks, Emma Stone, Kat Dennings, Hugh Hefner, Christopher McDonald. I love Christopher McDonald, and I can see that he plays a university dean. Oh, can so you I'm imagine assuming... what a good villain he's going to be in this? Yeah. Is he going to be like someone who's trying to shut down the uh, fucking sorority or whatever they're called? The fraternity or the, the Quite thing? possibly. My problem with this film is that it's a sorority film, which I don't think I ever particularly love. I don't know about you, but I've got a thing where I think when you see people partying in films, it's never as fun as they think it is. Yeah. And also, American parties and frat parties look fucking shit and lame. Like yeah. they have like one Smirnoff ice and they're like, God, we're so fucking crazy. I hate yeah, him. That's true. Yeah, they have like some. What is it? They always have like a bowl of punch. Yeah, <laughs> they always have like some punch, and then they're like, "I'm gonna fucking jump in that pool. I don't care." Yeah, they've had their first ever beer. Uh, they do a keg stand and drink a maybe a pint, and they're like, "Oh God, this and is a fucking radical party, dude." <laughs> and they're always 25 when they do that. <laughs> Oh, just a, I've got a big gripe against American university students. I'm just like, you fucking losers. Yeah, I know. I bet it's actually quite fun, really. But yeah, it kind of looks like it's riffing on a lot of like, maybe like Legally Blonde, that sort of thing. Someone going back to school, which we've not seen yet. But obviously, that's the plot of Billy Madison, which it yeah. seems like this kind of could be. I don't know. It seems like it's made up of elements of films that are pretty good. So I'm kind of optimistic. But knowing our cynical selves, we'll probably be back <laughs> in 10 minutes to moan about how bad this was. I like university set films, though, I think. Like Monsters University. Yeah, that's a good one. Animal House, a film I've never seen. And that's <laughs> it. That's the only ones I think of. Monster House. I mean, will they go to any of the hotspots at our university in Lincoln, like Home Nightclub. I don't think so. This isn't set in Lincoln, is it? I wish. That'd be good. Where is it set? Lincoln. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't know. It's something about the Playboy Mansion, so it's probably not as much about... Where's the Playboy Mansion? (laughs) I don't know. I'm not American. It's about, like, a person who joins a university sorority. After getting kicked out of the Playboy Mansion, right? Yeah. They're a bunch of nerds, and she's got to, like, turn it around, I think. Oh, I know one thing that might be on our Sandler scale, makeover scene. Oh, almost certainly. Have you seen the poster? It's her and her bags are really weirdly CGI'd next to her or photoshopped in. And then there's these three nerds behind her. No, not nerds. That is a good poster. So you just mentioned our Sandler scale, which is a list of tropes that we see in all these films like Coca-Cola, uh, fucking KFC, Jonathan Lochran. <laughs> all the food groups. <laughs> You've got to get you five a day. <laughs> we have a list of these tropes. They're on our Instagram page at the Sadler Pit. We've put them in a highlight so you can just click away. Mm-hmm. It's as easy as that. Yeah, I think that this film is going to be quite heavy on like the non-specific Sandler tropes. I reckon we're going to get a lot of slapstick, maybe some vomit if we're lucky. Um, oh, I hope so. But I think that we got one we recently added. What was it? Semi-naked woman in slow-mo. We'll probably definitely get that in this. There's a Playboy Mansion for God's sakes. Do you reckon we're going to see any of the other Happy Madison guys turn up? Well, I did just look at the cast 
I did oh. see at least one or two names, but yeah. It's the same as all these that Happy Madison make that Sandler's not in. It seems like everyone else is in it except Adam Sandler. Yeah. So yeah, it might be fun. I'm quite looking forward to it, to be honest. It feels like a bit of a breath of fresh air mm. after some of the shit we've had to watch recently. How mad is it going to be, though, if we come back in about an hour and, what, 10 minutes time or so, and we say, oh yeah, the house bunny, it's actually quite endearing. Love the characters. The arc was strong. We're going to put it in the castle a week after we said Saturday Night Live's in the pit. <laughs> We've backed ourselves into the most horrible corner on this. Now, we did put a big caveat that not all SNL is just that one compilation that we watched where every sketch was horrible and rubbish. And also that one episode where it was just Shawn Mendes the whole time. Yeah, well, songs. as he says, there's no one holding him back. <laughs> God, how do you know that? <laughs> Big Sean. I'm a Seanette. He's fans. No, I'm joking. I'm one of the Mendes men. Right. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, sake. grab your Sean Mendes. We're going back to college. So how are you going to extend this opening? No, is there anything else we need to say? We need to give another reminder that our episodes are only going to be every two weeks now. Probably don't. Yeah. No so for the next forever, we're going to do this fortnightly because... Uh... Everyone says Fortnite's massive right now. <laughs> God, you're really cracking some shit tonight, aren't you? <laughs> Me and all the Mendes men are on Fortnite. <laughs> what are you um, talking about? I don't know. It's got to me. This is why we need to go and do this every two weeks rather than exactly. every week, because I'm losing the plot. Luke Terry's like a very stressed looking man right now. Having to pump these episodes out one a week, it's killing him. Yeah. My arms are aching. Um, yeah, but other than that, I don't think there's anything else to say. We just need to go and watch the film The House Bunny. Yeah, I have absolutely nothing to say. So yeah, grab your big pink suitcases and let's do a makeover on some fucking nerd because uh, we're going back to college with The House Bunny. Gamma Zeta rules. <laughs> I think they say What? <laughs> Isn't that what they say every night? Like, I, I don't know. Zeta House rules. Stuff like that. Yeah. Boys just being boys. Thank goodness. And we are back. We've changed everything about us that makes us unique. We've taken (laughs) off our glasses and suddenly everyone likes us, even though they didn't before. Hell yeah. Because who needs a personality? We've watched The House Bunny. Luke, what is the plot of The House Bunny? So The House Bunny is about a woman called Shelley Darlingson. I didn't know that was her surname. (laughs) Good. So there's Shelley and she's played by Anna Faris. She was an orphan, but has been adopted by the Playboy Mansion, which is not a very nice implication. Yeah, it all. does seem like that's what happened, doesn't it? And then she turns 27, which at the time of recording, I'm turning in two weeks. A couple of weeks, yeah. Yeah, and then because she's so fucking old, they kick her out of the mansion. Or that's what she thinks. And then she somehow comes across this college and somehow gets hired as a sorority mum. Is that what it's called? House mother. House mother. What does that mean? Have you seen the film Mother? It's a bit like that, I suppose. <laughs> With Jennifer Lawrence. The one where it's like an allegory for Mother Nature. Yeah, I think it's a bit uh, like that. I've never seen that because it just sounded so annoying. You'd it was like, oh, look it. at this. It's like, look how artsy we are. Look at this. Can you? Do you get it? Do you get it? Mm-hmm. It's people destroying Mother Nature. Fuck that. So she's a house mother. Mm. And... Hilarity ensues. She meets a bunch of fucking nerds. <laughs> she has to glam them up so they'll be popular and, and meet boys. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of House Bunny? Um, I don't want to say I liked it because I don't think I did. 
but it was a breezy watch for sure. I don't think it dragged on at all, particularly. But I can't think of like many standout moments either at the same time. I think it's aged like very badly when you put it up against other sort of... I, I don't know if you'd call this a coming-of-age film. It's not really. But when you put it up against other teen movies now, like Booksmart and things like that, that are like the smarter female characters, a bit more like introspective and whatever... Last year, I started watching quite a lot of films like that. Like, I watched Edge of Seventeen and a few other similar ones. Quite, They're all quite good films. I quite like a coming-of-age sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, this felt like a real throwback to, like, the 80s. And it's very... It's got a lot of bad attitudes in it. And it, it at first, it seems like a parody of it. And then it keeps sort of forgetting and going back and forward and kind of wanting to have a message while also wanting to just have a lot of, like, scantily clad women running around. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a bit mixed on it, really. I think I have more of an idea in an hour's time. Not to sit on the fence too much, but <laughs> what did you think of it? <laughs> uh, annoyingly, exactly the same as you. I'm quite oh, mixed on it as well. I know we're never going to decide. It had bits that were okay. And I think Anna Faris particularly is is actually a really good lead. I think she's quite charismatic and likeable. Uh, mm-hmm. And her character, even though she's kind of portrayed at first as being quite vapid, is a really ni- nice character. It reminded me a lot of um, Reese Witherspoon's character in Legally Blonde, which I think I've mentioned either in the intro to this or in another yeah. episode. We, we Great did film. mention it in the intro. Yeah, it's a good film. Yeah, It's kind um, of like that, but missing a lot of like the yeah stronger messaging, I guess. <laughs> exactly. It gets very mixed up with its messaging because... I guess the the point of it is that be yourself. That's the message of the film. But like that happens in the last five minutes and the other 90% is just don't be yourself. Desperately do anything but be yourself. Be a more palatable version of yourself is probably the main message of it. Because if you're too much of yourself, then everyone will think you're a loser and you'll fail. So it's a bit strange with the way it kind of gives its central theme and message. Yeah, 100%. I think I agree. I, th- I told you that um, I haven't made that many notes, but one of the ones that I made right near the end was that it took an hour and two minutes before we actually saw them do like any learning at this university that they're at. That's the first classroom scene, and it's Anna Faris in the classroom rather than these people. And I think we know that they're sort of... Emma Stone in particular, who's like the lead out of the house, sorority girls or whatever, she's supposed to be the smart one, I guess, but they never show that as being useful or anything until very very yeah. late in the day which is a bit odd i think it is interesting american universities are just so confusing to me i've said it a million times but i just don't get what's going on do they all live in that house yeah i think so so if they lose the house they're then homeless during or they'd, or they'd have to join a different one they'd have to join a different sorority or something why don't they they'd have to go from <laughs> zeta to beta or something i don't I don't fucking know what's the problem like so the main conflict of the story is that the house the sorority house that they have is getting closed down just as mm-hmm. anna faris like meets them so anna faris says oh i can make you all beautiful and people will like you and think you're great in itself is a fine plot but i don't understand like what the stakes are what the full stakes yeah it's just that that house is important because without that house how can you have a a ripping party where you jump in the pool <laughs> They only do that at the end, though. What, why do they care about their weird? Who? So who's a part of this sorority? We've got like Emma, Emma Stone, Stone, Kat Dennings, who's just a nerd, Kat Dennings, who's Pete Davidson. Like short... She's playing Pete Davidson in this film for some reason. <laughs> got like short hair and loads of piercings and stuff. And she says that she hates like what Anna Faris is, but 
they don't really explore that. They don't explore them both. No, like, I think she gets wrong. Friends. The standout moment for her is that she gets wronged at one point when someone has a, strangely enough, it's an auto-cue karaoke machine. It's not just a pre-prepared video. So they've been able to change the lyrics in the auto-cue somehow. <laughs> and they How does the that work? <laughs> I don't know. It's already a bit of a funny song, like a virgin, and they change it to include like words like uh, retarded for some reason. That yeah. felt very 2008. E- eat poop and stuff and it's just like what is this no one would give a shit no one would laugh at this like thinking yeah. it's really good Maybe. i was thinking what's what's worse being a virgin or a loser they kind of go hand in hand don't they um <laughs> <laughs> but if you're a loser who gets lots and lots of dick and pussy you're <laughs> yeah well there's one in this that like the only thing that's bad about her is that she's pregnant and they make yeah. out that they're all like really ugly and stuff but she's just pregnant <laughs> they're all like meant to be like these stereotypical nerds but you can tell they just ran out of things to do so you've got like a goth kind of one cat Dennings. you've got a nerd emma stone you've got someone with a back brace which i don't think do they even exist in real life not to that and extent it... she was wearing a knight's chest <laughs> like, a, <laughs> like a chess card like, it was it... quite funny visually but very yeah but stupid she looked like hannibal lecter in the fucking thing it was stupid do... and it just falls off as she's running and she's fine wouldn't her like spine twist into a pretzel shape as soon as it came off her? yeah but that's exactly the scene from forrest gump isn't it and that won an oscar so i suppose they think that the logic is sound very well, meta that's... with um colin hanks Exactly. Uh, I can't remember which one it is. Um, <laughs> my point with the karaoke thing, though, was that to go back to another character is that Kat Dennings then says that she's going to stab someone. She says, Do you want to taste my blade or something like that? Yeah. You've you got get a swordsman. Out of uni for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You definitely get kicked out. So you've got swordsman to go in the night. <laughs> <laughs> Kat Dennings, the swordsman. <laughs> yeah, there's the wise mage in Emma Stone. She's smart. You've got the whole fellowship here. <laughs> this is Lord of the Rings. Then you've got that horrible English one who's Gollum really quiet in the cupboard. Can't speak. Gollum. <laughs> I've, I can't remember. You've got the. I really have got to be careful how I phrase this. The scary big woman who runs around like a dog. <laughs> yeah. What would her equivalent be in Lord of the Rings? Like an orc? Yeah, she's like that head of the orcs. What are they? <laughs> the Urukai. Right. Actually, you know what? Wikipedia is going to describe them all to us. Here we go. Emma Stone, nerdy and intellectual, but open to new experiences. Kat Dennings, cynical and sarcastic, standoffish mm. towards men and attractive women. <laughs> so, sounds like you. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie May Statton, a country Zeta sister who has masculine mannerisms and matching deep voice and clothes. She slouches and does not wear deodorant. I think that's the one I described as that is running about like a dog. <laughs> She actually made me laugh a couple of times. That actor's just only in Happy Madison films, apparently. I, I don't remember seeing her in anything else, but there was a bit... I think it is the only time I actually did really laugh in this film is when she said Idaho, like, Idaho. Well, I don't know. I don't even know what the fucking context was, but she pronounced that one word quite funny. And that was the only time you laughed in the whole film. Yeah. Scary woman says Idaho. I've written down. <laughs> and I've put, I can smell a makeover sequence coming. And then I think the next Hell scene... Hell yeah, I wrote exactly scene. that line. <laughs> Then Harbony Bowles, a Zeta sister who wears hippie clothing, is pregnant. So she's not a nerd. She's just pregnant, like you mm-hmm. said. Then a body brace, then social anxiety, then someone who's of diminutive stature. Yeah, because she actually isn't a little person or a dwarf, whatever. She's just short. She's just short. <clears throat> 
yeah, she's just a bit shorter than the other. She seems fine, to be fair. I don't know. I think these lot get a bad rap. Other than maybe Kat <laughs> Dennings, who should be in prison. I feel bad for the rest of them. Yeah, I, I think you men have feel really bad for them. It's so unrealistic. Like, no, I don't know. A university. You say that, but awful. we met. Do you not remember how we met? <laughs> you I wedged you. <laughs> wedged you in, in the lecture in front of everyone. Why is it in America the only know. way to make money is at a car wash? I don't know. And they do this in multiple of these films as well. Have you seen a car wash like that in real life? What, with like young, scantily clad people like sort of sliding on the car to get the suds off? Yeah. Have you ever seen that in reality? Yeah, the Romanian one around the corner from me do it. They all all the dudes, <laughs> the big bellies hanging out. Just <laughs> yeah, one of them's got a belly, and it's just like a scouring pad. <laughs> my car washing guy is like by my gym, and he's so fucking scary and horrible. He's so nasty. He's always like, "Give me the fucking money," and <laughs> just hoses it down. Imagining him in his yeah, very bad. Yeah, I've never seen a sexy car wash. I filmed one. Me neither. On the show I last worked on, we did. Bullshit, <laughs> a, bullshit. No, they genuinely, they did a, <laughs> it was like a competition show thing. What, and the like, boys? Yeah, the losers had to do a sexy car wash in front of like their neighbours and stuff. Hell yeah, the Love was, Island boys. Yeah. Out and about. God, what a sexy day that was. Did you like the line, 27 is 59 in bunny years? I did. And yeah. as someone who's turning 27, it's quite depressing that I'd never be able to make it into the mansion now. See, this is the only one of the few times in a film where I've actually understood or like believed the whole stress of getting older. You didn't watch the Bo Burnham thing, but there was a whole song in that about turning 30. And I was like, yeah, big fucking whoop, 30. Tick, tick, boom. He's singing. Yeah, like, oh, he I'm does. Turning what? 30. And it's like, oh, fucking hell, big whoop. In hindsight, fair enough, because he died young. But like at the oh, time, that, I don't know why you was... worry so much about it. Do you, have you seen that film? Yeah. Yeah, I saw it the other day. I didn't know who's dead in real life. It really, really made me sad. I was like, this is horrible. But yeah, I agree. This was like the Irishman for me. Like it was a, a horrible look at getting older and aging and losing out on opportunities. It was uh, yeah. quite tragic. But that even that was a bit messed up because it turned out that it didn't matter that she was old. Oh, I hated this subplot to my fucking core. So Hugh Hefner, I don't know anything about him. He's dead, isn't he? He's dead. Good, probably. Rest in peace. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, that's horrible. He's dead. But he was just an old man who just had loads of like naked women living in a mansion with him for decades and decades and decades. But this film implies that he really cared deeply about them and it was quite wholesome. And Yeah, but how else are then... they going to get access to all of that stuff and using the branding and whatever? They kind of got to let him do that. That's probably the, the, that, the agreement. The clause. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the reality of it is that probably they did kick people out when they got older. And they probably had a shit time for this one's just like acting like Hugh Hefner would be eating Hagen Dars ice cream. Miserable. <laughs> that image is quite funny, but the image is funny, but it's the fact that that's a real guy and that's he was really doing this bullshit. And I've I just got, don't buy it. I've into got a it. really good um I've got a really good theory that you know how like while he was alive, he lived in a mansion surrounded by like semi-naked women all the time, had a pool, all of that stuff. I think in yeah. heaven he has a nine to five job. He's a contractor. He's doing building work up there. He has to pay taxes. He's struggling. He's on the breadline. Can barely afford food and heating. He's got it the wrong way around. <laughs> there you go. Saturday so Night you... Live needs to make a sketch. There's a, there's a sick idea for one. <laughs> Thank us later, Lord Michaels, you pussy. <laughs> 
So are you publicly saying right now, a married man in 2022, that your idea of heaven is a mansion full of scantily dressed young women? Nah, I'm not that sort of person. I think that's a stereotypical like dad on Facebook view of heaven, isn't it? Oh, yeah. The sort of person that shares pictures of Ferraris and says, God, that sounds like heaven. <laughs> but no, not me. Just What's your view of heaven? PlayStation, um, decent, a decent curry. You can get that anyway already in Loughton. Yeah, exactly. Loughton is heaven. Oh, that's that's so all we're coming down to. You're already living in heaven. I'm fucking living in hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Sheffield. Yeah. You can't suppose Sheffield about hell, I don't think, can you? One L. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> yeah, it is like hell on earth. It's so fucking cold. I'm, tr- I'm trying to move. It's like constant just stress. and The minds have closed. The minds have closed. There's no jobs up here, mate. Mm. Thatcher ruined it. It is tough. Maybe you should become a house mother. I should. <laughs> so how do you become a house mother? I assume that you'd have to have ties to the university. That's what it was for all the other ones, wasn't it? The first house that she went into, they were all like people that had previously graduated from there, I guess. That's then why sad. is she an exception? Do you, remember, do you remember the bit when she went in and all those old women and she was like, oh, do you guys live in the house as well? And they were all like, yeah, we do. And they, but they were like 50-year-old women. What are they doing with their lives? What about when the parties are going on and everyone's jumping in the pools? What do they do then? Do their taxes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what old people do. I'm still young and sprightly. I'm not 27 yet. They're like trying to watch MasterChef and Downton Abbey and they're like banging on the ceiling like, keep it down over there. Stop jumping in the oh. pools for one night. God, that'll be my life, won't it? I'll be living yeah. in some horrible house when I'm yeah. old. It'll catch up on you eventually. Yeah, you still be trying to be a student. You're already doing it when you're <laughs> Shelley Goodwoman's age or whatever her name was. <laughs> but I don't get it. Like, wouldn't you need like a DBS check or enroll as a student or anything? Does she enroll as a student? I don't know. Yeah, we were wondering this because she gets at least six classes for free later on in the film, doesn't she? I'm going to say something controversial. If you just walk into any university lecture hall, can you just get free education? I reckon so. My lecturers, like hardly any of them knew my fucking name. I reckon you could just walk in. You know, like University of Lincoln at like 1pm on a Wednesday, go into that lecture hall that's by the Swan pub. Mm -hmm. I bet no one will check a student ID card. You could just get free education. Yeah, yeah, you could. You wouldn't have any of the like forms and stuff at the end of it, but you get the experience and that's what university is about. That's what we all got in crippling debt for, the experience. <laughs> <laughs> Do our media studies course. <laughs> <laughs> so you could I can't believe teacher. <laughs> I can't believe I spent 27,000 fucking pounds to work for some charity. <laughs> That's nothing to do with my field whatsoever. Whatever. That is nuts. Um, So the reason why she goes to the classes is because she wants to impress her love interest, who's Mm -hmm. Colin Hanks. Luckily, the best of the Hanks sons. What did you think of Colin here? He's just... He's the best Hanks son, because Chet is really different. Chet is like a Grand Theft Auto character. And Colin Hanks is like if someone traced Tom Hanks but took away anything that makes him fun. <laughs> oh, I don't hate him. I really don't. I do quite like him, but he is just like you can imagine a casting agent being like, "Oh, we need a bit of a Tom Hanks type for this like very slight character that we're gonna have for four scenes," and he's perfect for that. But yeah. like, we need a generic white man to, uh, <laughs> to just come in and. Yeah. Go on a few dates. He's he's nice and likable enough, but I feel like you could say about any film more or less, but I feel like all their problems would be solved if they just had a normal conversation and none of their yeah. none of their scenes feel natural at all, do they? 
no. Even though I kind of bought that she liked him, I didn't really understand it vice versa, I guess. Not her as a character, she's all right, but like her actions on these dates when she's acting like really vapid on one and then trying to appear really intelligent on another. It's like, why does he keep going back to go on dates with her? Yeah, you don't see his side at all, really, do you? There's no scenes yeah. of him just on his own. This is how women must feel. You know what? Fair <laughs> enough, actually. Every single one of these films, have we ever had a woman with any agency or anything to do beyond just being a love interest to the man? No, it doesn't feel good, does it? No. This, this is why feminism started. It was because of the film Big Daddy. <laughs> but Fuck that film. On the uh, flip side, Shaq is in this film. Do you think that's his first Hell time yeah. in a, is he his first time in a Happy Madison film? I don't know. He's become a bit of a staple Even... since from like the grown-ups films and whatever, but this was an early Shaq. This is probably still when he was like playing. Yeah, they use him perfectly as well. What's his role is just to lift a woman because of how big he is. Yeah. yeah. He probably would be at one of those parties as well. Exactly. That party kind of brings me on to a point that I messaged you about. Something we need to discuss is the egregious use of special effects and green screen in this comedy film. So you messaged me this, but then I forgot to like look out for it, but nothing like stood out to me as being terrible. So please uh, right. run your wheels. So I've got a paragraph of notes here, and in this I can see the letters FX quite a lot of times. First one is that that party has the weirdest most unnecessary cartoon establishing shot of the house with like little CGI cars out the front of it. I don't know if they got to the editing bay and were like, fuck, we forgot to film an exterior. But you see like the house in darkness and there's two cars that literally look like they're from like, I don't know, Attack of the Clones or something. (laughs) Little cartoon cars. And then as she's leaving, she wants to take her cat Pooter with her, but he can't, he doesn't want to come for some reason. And there's this man who always wears a waistcoat who gives her the letter at the house, you know? I don't know what Mm. his name was or whatever, quite shit guy. He gets his nipple tugged by the cat and he has this really long CGI nipple. And I think the cat's animated as well quite badly when they could have just held up like a ball of fur and we would have been none the wiser. But instead there's like a strangely smooth CGI cat. We've also got a CGI mirror reflection when she, I think she gets arrested and sees Jonathan Loughran, uh, Loughran as a hooker who's he's cross-dressing. So mm. she sits down on the curb when she's feeling down and she spots a group of girls walking and she sees them in like her little compact mirror and they've shot it so that it's very obviously a green screen on that mirror and you see these three women walking and it's a very unnatural angle and it's very jarring. How would she have been holding the mirror then if to get that actually to get that in exact shot? angle? None of her face in it, just the three women. <laughs> We're 25 minutes into a comedy film and there's already been four glaring <laughs> moments of mad CGI. What else have I got? I'm sure there's some more. Colin Hanks was totally CGI. Like... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Like Grand Moff Tarkin. <laughs> yeah, just like Tarkin in Rogue One. Oh, the makeover sequence has one. They're like all dancing, getting makeovers and shit. The camera is doing a bird's eye view of them over a sort of circular shelving unit full of t-shirts and they all throw t-shirts up into the air into the camera and they're all cgi like bandanas i don't know what the shop was selling they will fly up into the camera and it's a transition through these cgi t-shirts and then i've also got a note my last one is why is there cgi fire rain at this party <laughs> so they have what? like a, they have a sort of tiki party i, f- I think is it tiki mm. i can't remember or mayan yeah. themed or something and there's just a part as the fire as the party's ending. There's this another weird transition where it starts to kind of rain fire, 
it's like a filter over the top of it where there's just like these I don't know what they are. I don't know if it started out as a firework and then it sort of becomes like a filter over the screen of just like flames. But yeah, it's mad. And then um, there's that bit when she stands over the manhole as well and gets burnt, tries to do like the Marilyn Monroe moment. And I think even that was some CGI steam. There's a lot of it. Yeah, there's a lot of CGI slapstick in this, which is does not work and is very weird. For the kind of film it is, it is totally unnecessary to have all of that. Like those moments... Were any of those particularly funny or stand out, do you think? No, I don't remember any of them particularly, except no. for the uh, the Marilyn Monroe thing. That feels like a trailer moment, doesn't it? All of the other bits, like I was not not to like shame those people. We've made that mistake before when we said about um, Adam Sandler in <laughs> Click and the director <laughs> had a go at us. I'm a bit worried that the director of the house bunny is going to track me down and be like, it wasn't a CGI mirror shot. She was just holding it at a funny angle. <laughs> Those were, that was real photography with the, the fucking cars. That man is known, for my his, film. He's known for his stretching nipples when attacked by cats. The cat was definitely <laughs> there and it was played by someone called Garfield. But yeah, a lot of CGI in this film and it doesn't do it any favours, I don't think. It's aged quite no. poorly. This was the same year as Transformers, I think isn't it always like that like practical effects just don't age at all because there's something a bit earnest about them but then you watch like the old star wars like phantom menace and attack of the clones and it just looks fucking horrible and it's the same when they do stuff like this in the comedies or it's like do half of it at least believable like that they could have still done like the nipple being stretched in some weird way but like at least make it so that he's holding a puppet of a cat it would probably be a little bit more effort but like it might then look a bit more believable rather than like he's got some random thing from like the fucking Polar Express chewing his nipple. I don't know. <laughs> what did you think of the uh, villains in this film? Oh, um, so you see Christopher McDonald, you hope he's going to be a villain and he's not. He's kind of... I can't believe he isn't. He's mostly understanding in it, isn't he? Poorly used Christopher McDonald. He should have been an awful dean on campus who wants to get rid of the house bunny once and for all. And mm-hmm. he's barely in it. And he's kind of, yeah, like you say, quite understanding and kind of nice in it. It was mostly a cameo, Sucks. wasn't it? Yeah. They rubbish. should have merged those two characters, the two like teacher ones, because there's one that wants to take him down, but isn't really doing anything about it. And it's just sort of showing up and getting angry. They should have just yeah. blended those two characters together and then made it so that like the final moment was the school going against the Dean rather than there being one Dean that was okay with it and one that was angry about it, I guess. Who was the really mean, uh, the mean student? She was horrible. Ashley, wasn't she? She kept punching people in the breast. I've checked and apparently <laughs> girls don't do that. They don't? No. <laughs> that was what my wife told me anyway. It didn't stop me from doing it though. I've been punching <laughs> her breasts all, her. all night. <laughs> I was like, if it's half as funny as when I hit my friends in the nuts, then it's going to be hilarious. But <laughs> I can't wait for your divorce. <laughs> horrible um but yeah she was a very mean character um do you think she sold it the performance yeah she was unrealistically horrible but the performance was okay mm-hmm. um i feel like the, that character was barely rounded at all though like it was just nothing but whatever it's a, a comedy film it doesn't really matter too much yeah what do you think of the kind of last message of the film the kind so of that, speech that was where i had my problem remember i told you i made that note about it took an hour and two minutes before they started learning at school. After yeah. that, I haven't really got any notes apart from why is there a music video over the credits? <laughs> what was the final message? Uh, I think it's be who you are and then 
she's basically saying it's not about being pretty it's not about anything just be who you want to be and then everyone joins the sorority and and it's all fine that's the ending yeah she gives a speech it's like it's it's okay isn't it but it doesn't feel like it's totally earned i don't think yeah i did think that her and emma stone were quite good together i think Mm -hmm. I think she says something like, it's like a meteor. And then the teacher's like, don't you mean metaphor? You fucking, you fucking idiot. And then Emma Stone's like, she's not an idiot. Listen to her. And then she's like, oh, I am a meteor because I'm burning out. (laughs) (laughs) It's so relatable. (laughs) It's pretty relatable. That's a strong message, actually. Yeah, I think that their performances and their chemistry does a lot of the lifting, not just in the ending, just in general through the whole thing. Yeah, I did feel quite a few times it's like you've got Emma Stone who's been nominated for like awards quite a lot. I don't know how many she's really won, but she's... She's won she, an Oscar. Did she win an Oscar? What was it for? Yeah. The favorite? La La Land. Oh, La La Land. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see the start of her like... Because this is a early of her things. I think the first thing I remember seeing her in was Superbad, which I think is just before this. You can see that start of like sort of star rising performance, but like it's a bit wasted in this, I think. She doesn't get too many good lines and stuff and kind of the same with Anna Faris, but she sort of sells it a bit more because she's done similar things before this, I guess. Yeah, I I agree. The performances here are overall, particularly the main characters, those two are quite good, but it's just this script is a bit shit and there's no real jokes. I didn't laugh much at all. I don't think I laughed at all. No. Not even when she said Idaho. No. <laughs> what about when the CGI fire rain came down at the party? That was pretty cool, wasn't it? No. Can we talk about think... um, Emma Stone's love interest? Yeah, that was... nerd guy. That's the lead singer of the band All American Rejects. Do you remember them? Is it actually? Yeah. <laughs> the guy who used to sing, um, I'll keep you my dirty little secret, dirty little secret. Remember that? Which is yes, the kind I do of, remember that. It's the kind of song that would be in a film like this. So I guess it's kind of fitting. But like, he had very long sideburns, greasy hair. He looked like an anemic Jared Leto. And he kind of didn't do anything. But he I didn't think do it, anything. I think they thought it was like casting someone who's going to be like the next um, sort of person that pops up in stuff. He kind of looked like if Timothy Chalamet had like a bad agent. <laughs> <laughs> I've read anything about that guy. Like, no, I don't really neither. get that she fancies him, but then she thinks that she shouldn't appear as a nerd, but then he likes her for being a nerd, and then they kiss, I think is what happens, right? Yeah, but he didn't like her before when she had glasses. Oh, he didn't like it. Whatever. That's the whole point. The well, message is so off. It's all about being yourself, but also make sure There's... you're a little bit more attractive than the weirdo version of you. Exactly. That's the problem with the mixed stuff. There, There's a lot of times where things like that happen because the girl with the back brace, when they come off, when she does that run, that's probably more CGI, actually, when her back brace flies off. <laughs> you don't think that was practical back brace? It might be like semi-practical back brace enhanced by CGI because it did look quite convincing. But yeah, they do that bit when she's running and she meets up with this guy who apparently she's had a crush on but never spoken to. And he mm. says, oh, hi, Joanne. But they've just said that she's never spoken to him, but somehow he knows her name. Oh, Surely when... she would be known as her with a back brace. <laughs> but you wouldn't go up to him and say that. When we were at university, we knew people who we'd never spoken to. Yeah, I guess right? so. Yeah I, f- yeah, I just think it kind of doesn't work in like the, whatever you call it, um, streamlined film version of things. You know, film logic, especially mm. like a sorority film like this. It just seemed a bit weird because they are supposed to be like 
nobodies like no one wants to join their thing no one knows them because there's points where someone will say oh like there'll be like a crowd of people when they start to gain their reputation on campus and people will be like oh zeta who's that and stuff like that like they just don't know them so i just found it a bit kind of mixed a bit weird i think it would have been better if everyone was completely indifferent or didn't know who they were rather than actively like bullying them it didn't feel realistic at all i guess Mm. it's not meant to be and that's fine but i don't know it felt really contrived can we talk about the fact the person with the back brace is bruce willis's daughter shut the fuck up really yeah i don't know it doesn't really make any difference rumor willis yeah she has got bruce willis's face (laughs) she's inherited his bad back (laughs) going for all those vents (laughs) that is actually surprising i didn't know that at all yeah crazy it's like licorice pizza like they're just casting everyone whose parents are famous whether they're good actors or not it's exactly like licorice <laughs> this is the, the first time the house buddy's ever been compared to that probably <laughs> i've got a note that says makeover acceptance comes from change i don't think that's a line in the film i think i was just sort of just sort of amusing that i was having there's what there's i've, I've just written a note saying acceptance comes from change i've just philosophical and deep yeah, yeah, I've broken down what these films basically like, what they mean. There's a Sony camera at one point that gets like shown on camera for like a solid maybe like half an hour. Bright pink Sony camera when they're shooting a calendar. Oh, yeah. I think we haven't really gone into the gender politics quite enough in this. Because <laughs> we're the people to talk about that. <laughs> no, my wife was just sighing a lot when we watched it. She's seen it before, but... It has got a cult following, so I was thinking maybe, I don't uh, know. It's... Yeah, Probably. Like, I can imagine, like, the soundtrack's quite good and the performances are quite good. Like, I guess there's something about that. But it does feel a lot like a bunch of seedy men have made this just to perv on women. When you see at the end, it's, like, produced by Adam Sandler, Alan Covert, like, written by them, directed by a bloke. It is a very laddie sort of thing, I guess. Do you reckon that nowadays Emma Stone would, like, go down to a bikini for a film like this? No. And I also don't think, I think if they told this kind of story now, it would be good to have like a female director and a female voice. And like you mentioned Booksmart and Lady Bird that have really good, authentic stories about growing up and being at school or being at college. And then this era of middle-aged men pushing their view of it, it sucks. It feels really dated now yeah. because we've had such good stuff since. Do you still get films like this? You kind of don't really, do you? No. Do you care? <laughs> no, not really. They're like easy watches, but you, you could probably go down a wormhole. I mean, there's like 10 American Pie films that are basically this. and Yeah. There's loads of stuff like that, isn't there? For every good one, there's about eight bad ones as well. Exactly. Do you want to hear some uh, trivia? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually Anna Faris was nude. All right. In that nude scene. She had a body double, but there was some complicated factors with her it was sort of a last minute thing where i said i'll just go ahead and do this she also said she felt like it's what her character shelly would do so she should do it too she even turned her head during the shot so people would see it was her and not a double faris said that she broke her no nudity clause to do it but she thought the whole thing was uncomfortable this crew that i'd been working with that knows me when i put my on my producer hat suddenly sees me naked it was really humiliating i definitely think i lost some street cred as a producer with the whole crew being naked in front of them you have to wear little pasties the fuck is little, that? It's like a steak bake. <laughs> <laughs> Just wear little Greg's. All over it. That's a you very can't... British joke, there, isn't it? <laughs> 
you can't wear a full bra and it's not even like covering up. It was a little embarrassing, but I'm used to that now. Keenan Wayans told me that early on, there's no vanity in comedy. You can't be vain and funny at the same time. So I've really tried to embrace that idea that you just have to be fearless. Um, I'm surprised they didn't get her in a green screen bra, do some more CGI on it. Yeah, exactly. It also says that uh, Anna Faris credits this film along with her divorce with Ben Indra as the reason she got breast implants. <laughs> and she had uh, lip fillers because of it as well. Yeah, that was a bit distracting, wasn't it? Yeah. A bit weird. Uh, 98-minute runtime. There's a costume change every 1.4 minutes for Anna Faris. So that's 70 outfit changes in the film. That's pretty good. I didn't realise that. Yeah, pretty crazy. Some scenes were actually shot at the Playboy Mansion. Yeah, not that fucking exterior shot that I saw. Any notes on that in there? (laughs) No, (laughs) not yet. Um, Yeah, there's nothing else interesting in this. Should we go on to our Faris formula? Yes, because <laughs> there's absolutely no more trivia about this whole film. <laughs> Before we do, though, I, I can hear something on my roof. I can hear something on my chimney. Wait, is your glass of water shaking? <laughs> oh, God. What's happening? Ho, ho, ho. Luke Thomas. This was at the bottom of my sack. It has your <laughs> name on it. God? <laughs> Tis I, Paul Blart. <laughs> That's exactly how Paul Blart sounds. Oh, like wow. two little Thank Christmas you, presents. Oh, yeah. That was um, nice of him. Quite late. He could have just left until arrived. next year, couldn't he? Save, he save me seven pounds. <laughs> so this arrived finally, the present that you bought me for our Christmas special. I think the day after our Christmas special came out. Mm-hmm. Like, so very, very annoying. I think it came Christmas Eve just as I was leaving to go to my mum's. Oh, and the uh, following episode was then already edited and whatever. So saved it for now. Time for you to open some presents on the House Bunny episode, the first episode of the year. This will make up Very... for the fact that we are rushing our episodes to record <laughs> months worth in two weeks. It's so funny. They're going to be so bad. We're um, not going to do birthday gifts, are we? So this is kind of to tide you over till whenever the hell we next do gifts, I guess. Thank you very much. Which one should I open first? Is there any way you can open them both at the same time? <sighs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> Don't try that. <laughs> it's going to work it out. I think, yeah, open the one that's been there longer. It looks like an envelope. Can you explain this a little bit? So this has been on my floor now for a month. (laughs) It's been here a long time. It was cold and wet. Now it is warm and dry. I'm really worried about this. (laughs) Why is it so wet? It feels like jelly. It's addressed to Luke Blart Thomas. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say my address. In any fact, by the time this, no, I don't even have any predictions uh, for what this possibly could be. Considering your only other gift for me, for a bit of context, you got me the Eight Crazy Nights DVD, and then for you, I got you two sick action figures and a lovely bauble for yours and your wife's tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this better be good. I realised recently. I listened on Christmas Day. I listened to the Adam Buxton episode. He's Christmas. Yeah. Uh, podcast episode and I realised I just totally ripped off his thing of making a song for you as well but if it's good enough for Adam Buxton surely it's good enough for you you said exactly. it was a cop out ungrateful <laughs> it was a cop it was a fucking cop out you know <laughs> Because you get to go and play with your toys. I don't have any action figures to play with. And it's all because of you. You ruined Christmas. Listen to your song. You got this anyway. This this will make up for it. Okay. Open that envelope. That sticky envelope. It's cold. I've opened it wrong. (laughs) There we go. Okay. Is it a bubble wrap envelope as well? It's a it's a it's a bag of goo. It's a bag. It's a tiny bag of slime. I'm really glad that I didn't fucking open this. This has been in my 
fucking floor for, for fucking ages. Weeks. And it's a bag of green slime. I thought when you said that it the envelope was like flexible and stuff, I assumed this would come in like a little hard box, but it's coming like oh a baggie, like some drugs. It's not good. Oh, it's, oh no. It's Ectoplasm. Not like... Oh, it doesn't feel right. It's goo. supposed to be good for like stress and stuff. It's like a fidget toy. Yeah, but it's everywhere. It's all over me. Well, it wasn't. Oh, it was in fuck. the bag. You've chosen to open the bag. Oh, God, I've got goo fucking everywhere. He's going to lose his <laughs> deposit. He's got goo on the floor. <laughs> Brilliant. I'm moving out of this house in a fucking two weeks. And I'm going to get... Oh, God, look at my hand. <laughs> oh, no. Your I'm hand's going to be nice. too slippery to open the next present. <laughs> I've sent him some green jelly. <laughs> did, we, did we mention that it's green jelly? <laughs> it fucking stinks. It's, it's fucking all over me. Why have you got toilet roll so close to your bed on standby? <laughs> you liar, this is my desk. It's because I always have a cold. Oh my God, look at my... No. <laughs> oh, no. The toilet paper's disintegrated on his hands. So this was good. <laughs> Oh, you are fucking unbelievable. I can't believe you got me this. What do you oh. think that is? Well, it's definitely something to do with fucking Blobby from Hotel Transylvania. So I'm hoping for something good in this one. Otherwise, if you've just shipped two googly eyes all the way from China <laughs> to shove on this, I'm going to kill you. We're never doing the dead, presents The again. dead body of Blobby. <laughs> I can't believe Oh, God, I've got it. I've got to say, you dealt with that sticky substance quite easily. It was like it was second nature to you getting that off your hands. <laughs> this is the 20th worst thing to ever go on my hands in this room. <laughs> well, you've loved it. I don't know. You can try and be as cynical as you want, it. but I'm... you're having a great time there. There was a laugh believe... there that I've never heard you do when sober. Oh, I can't believe you sent a... this to my house. <laughs> what am I going to do with it? It's fucking everywhere. The bag won't seal anymore. The thing I find it's... mad is that was used from eBay. It wasn't brand new. Oh, don't say that. Can I open this last one? Yeah. What a fucking horrible Christmas this is turning out to be. <laughs> okay, I'm opening it. Fuck me. What have you got me? Oh my god. Yes. 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 He's got it. It's finally here. Oh, he's got me a little. Oh, look at his face. So he's got me a little uh, blobby from Hotel Transylvania and you can stick it to a to a wall. Oh, that's actually quite lovely. Is that all right? Yeah. That's yeah, I like of, this a lot. That's leveled it out, right? No. So my, Why did you get this? This doesn't mean anything. Well, no, the thing I was thinking was like, you hear about like babies when they have like sensory toys and shit. You hear about that? To like stimulate them and stuff. So I was yeah, thinking. Yeah, I know that about you sensory could... toys. All right. Chill out, mate. <laughs> I was thinking you could stick that blobby somewhere. You know, you look at that blobby while you play with the goo and you're getting two of your senses done. The visual aspect to... of a blobby and the touch of a blobby. Do you want me to do that now? And possibly the smell of a blobby. Yeah, if you want. Or you can do it in your oh own God, time. The if you want. Smell no, the smell so in the bad. goo, not the smell of the toy. Oh, the smell of both is terrible. Okay. I'm going to. Oh, God, the bag's ripped. Yeah, it's ripped because you just ripped it. I just watched you do it. <laughs> I was trying to get it open. I was trying to open the bag. Oh, fuck. I think off. you are the worst person to have that gooey stuff because you are so like clumsy with things in your hands, aren't you? I know. And I'm wearing like a new sweater. And yeah, I, I noticed the oh one my with, God. it's got blobby drawn on it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh god, it doesn't even you know like when you get goo, you set it to kind of like mold or like sort of. when you roll it up, it kind of all come off, but bits of it are going everywhere. That's what Bobby's like. That's how he makes his kids, isn't it? Looks a little bit like Flubber as well. You remember the movie Flubber? I do remember the film Flubber. Look at this. This, this is, is cool though, isn't it? You get oh god. No, I'm not getting oh Ugh, it's pretty disgusting. It's horrible, mate. It's Where'd quite stretchy. eBay. <laughs> eBay, you just put a Google green, green goo. slime. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it'd be fun. What other senses could you get stimulated? I thought this this was all I could think of was the visual and the touch and the smell. <sighs> what am I gonna even do with this? I, I, how do I even keep this? You had to choose levels of um stench as well. I went for extra pungent. <laughs> Extra funding. I'm just staring at Blobby whilst touching this big pile of goo. Is this how he'd feel? I always imagined him a bit nicer. No, that's what it would be like. Yeah, that's why things always oh, get stuck to him, like hairs and stuff. Oh god, look at it! This all is like how you, this is how he makes a baby. You try and make a baby with that. <laughs> oh, let's see oh. how far it'll go. Let's see how far it'll go. Wait, is that CGI or is that real slime? <laughs> Whoa. See, that's, that's really good. Actually, yeah, this is pretty fun. I just wish it wasn't so fucking messy. Yeah. Oh, God. Like, look oh, at this. All little bits stuck on, like, your palm and in between your fingers. And... <laughs> like, look at that. That's fucking horrible. Don't eat it. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking horrible. I'm so glad we're not in the same room recording this, because I just know you would have flung that at me by now. <laughs> this is horrible. Like, whoever sold this to you is a fucking con man. It was only two pounds. I was thinking of sending you like loads and loads of it. But <laughs> in the pictures, it was in like little plastic tubs, you know, like yogurt pots or something. Yeah, they just sent me a bag of goo. I was really worried you were going to open up the envelope and it was just going to have been poured into the envelope. Could you imagine? <laughs> Not even in a bag. That'd be good. Imagine going out into the streets. I was like, yeah, I want a baggie of the green stuff. <laughs> You got any green? <laughs> you got any green, bro? <laughs> Start baking oh. it into brownies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck me. Right, I, I need to... Uh, I don't even know how to get out. You I'm can't gonna touch get it the all door, I'm going to lose our housing deposit because of you. <laughs> There's no explaining this to anyone. He's got slime on his doorknob. Fuck. Wow. I just went to the toilet and it was exactly like the scene from uh, Amazing Spider-Man 1. <laughs> he just keeps getting stuck, stuck to his hands. Like I had some tissue attached to my hands. So I was like flicking my hands and it just wouldn't come off. I thought you were going to say it's like the bit in Something About Mary. One of your housemates has used it to make a, a quip. <laughs> big, big quip. Oh, mate, this is going to leak all over my desk. I'm going to have to put it in the bin. No, I won't. I'll, I'll work out a way to keep it. I told a few people what I was getting you. I told, obviously, like my wife and stuff. I told Joe Tarone. <laughs> and... <laughs> what a stupid scenario that you're telling your wife that you're buying a 26-year-old man a bag of goo for Christmas. <laughs> She's Can like, you believe you've got to this What's point this weird amount of money that's just come out of the joint account? And I'm like, never you mind. <laughs> <laughs> We're saving for a mortgage, Luke, because you're buying more and more goo. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs a mortgage when you can have goo? But I told Joe about it and he said that what you should have done is you should submerge the blobby toy that you've got in the goo. No, no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. I really, really like this lad. Look at his little eyes. 
He is good, isn't he? He's better than I thought really he would cute. be. He's really cute. I didn't know um, it had the sucker on it to stick it on your window. I know, so I can... As I'm driving, just there, just like <laughs> in my face. Obstructing your vision. <laughs> <laughs> a giant green nugget from a kid's film. <laughs> right, Joe Tyrone, I respect him massively. He did the theme song to this podcast. He's done some great music. They can get on Spotify right this second. And he's a lovely chap. But I'm not fucking ruining my favourite Christmas gift in my least favourite Christmas <laughs> gift. <laughs> I don't know if he knew that it was like a, a cuddly kind of toy as well. If that was a hard plastic toy, you'd maybe be all right. Oh, yeah. If it was a hard plastic, that'd be straight in the goo. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when we were talking about the house funny? <laughs> So there we go. It's it's been a weird Christmas for you. Then you've got your DVD. <laughs> you can stick your DVD on while you play with your goo and your cuddly blobby toy watches from the window that it's stuck to. Yeah. Merry Christmas. It's not bad. It's good Did haul. You, you could maybe use that as like a small pillow. Eventually, you'll have just a pillow collection of Sandler-related things. <laughs> it's actually quite nice. I like this a lot. God, remember when we were talking about the house, buddy? <laughs> about two hours ago. In a while, hasn't it? <laughs> So we were just about to get onto our Faris formula, which is our bastardized sand scale. How did you do on your Faris formula while watching the house bunny? I did okay, but I didn't get a line. So the ones I got, I got Nick Swardson, who cameos in this as a director, I think. Yeah, he's doing the photo shoot at the start, I think, isn't he? And yeah, he's at the end as well. That's where I noticed him. There's a makeover sequence. There's several makeover sequences, which are all mm-hmm. very, very good. Uh, montage is part of the makeover. Yeah. Uh, tragic backstory. She's an orphan that no one would adopt her because she was so ugly until Hugh Hefner adopted her. Yeah. What's the implication there? Why did they make her a fucking orphan? So she had nowhere to go when she got kicked out of the house, I guess. But that implies that... The, yeah, they're yeah, that they're after... grooming kids from... They're grooming kids. I don't know if there but, was but somewhere also, she went first. Maybe she, no, there wasn't. There's an Is implication as well job? that she's she's never like been to school and stuff. But that's not how orphanages work. Just because you don't have parents doesn't mean you don't go to school. No, I mean I've seen Sister Act. You can learn in the orphanage, <laughs> and you might even become a singer. I become a singer, and then unearned heartfelt moment. I got that for the speech at the end. The ones I didn't get, I didn't get the middle one, which was fast food. I don't think. Mm. No one There's eats not much in this film. eating in this, is there? No, not at all, really. Because the implication is you've got to be skinny and sexy to get a man, and mm. also don't use your brain and be a palatable <laughs> version of yourself. I thought there'd be more of that. I thought there'd be like a montage, like a training montage. One of them's like eating a Big Mac, and she slaps out their hand and puts like her finger there or something, like put that in. Your and mouth. you believe they had the restraint to not have an overweight sorority character? Yeah. Uh, I didn't get court case. Wait. It, it was insanely close to a court case, the end in sequence. Yeah. I would say that's their equivalent of a court case. That's their equivalent, but there's no judge. There, was there a is a gavel, though. though. They did bang a hammer. Didn't there they? is a gavel. Do we take that as a court case? I think so. We're going, it's that... judgment. Judgment is being served. Hell yeah. Then that's a line about like an hour and 25 minutes into the film. Yeah. Whatever. Right in the last 10 minutes, isn't it? Yeah. Violent kids. I didn't get that. No, well, I don't I know. Get... Are they kids? No, an old person if they're... Would call them kids. Yeah, like Hugh Hefner. Like I'm not going to call them kids because otherwise it's it's a bit gross. Uh, yeah. The way the f- it'll just make me feel a bit sad and a bit sick <laughs> about the way they're doing this. Uh, and I didn't get gibberish. 
uh, her thing is that she speaks with a very deep voice whenever she's saying someone's name. But if it was Adam Sandler or one of them lads, would have got a bit of gibberish, I reckon. Yeah. Again, it's one of those sort of jokes. I don't know if there is a name for it, but it's another one of those running jokes that's not funny from the first time and gets done like 20 times. It's the demon (laughs) voice from Wrong Missy. There's a couple of them, but it's, it's never good. Yeah. So yeah, technically got a line, but quite late on. What about you? Yeah, I got a line 39 minutes in, but it's a bit of a tenuous one again. The first one I got in the line was bikinis, which is at the Playboy Mansion. You see that very fast. Misogyny, there's a bit when, I mean, there's a lot of it, but the bit when they're doing the yoga class in the Playboy Mansion garden and the gardeners are all watching and one of them's got his mouth open and he's using a leaf blower and it's blowing his mouth all over the shop. And I had fat joke. As you say, there's not as many as you would expect, but there is jokes about how the pregnant woman shouldn't wear a crop top, which I think it's not your traditional Let fat. Let her fucking wear whatever you wear, want to wear. Yeah, it's not your traditional fat, but she has got a larger stomach due to the baby being in there. So I'll go mm. with that. That was 39 minutes in. Also got weird tonal shift. The opening opens with like a fairy tale story about her being an orphan. It's really sad. And then next thing you know, she's a playboy bunny. If that's not a tonal shift, I don't know what is. Also had Alan Covert. He appears as a waiter. And of course, he's a person that reads Playboy. No shock there. Didn't get urine, which kind of surprised me. These sort of films usually have like at least one bodily fluid. And there wasn't any in this. Weird. Um, Pepsi, there was a Diet Coke that she brushed her teeth with. So that like kicks out Pepsi. Joke about being illiterate. Illiterate is being able to read and write. She does get words wrong, but you see her quite early. She reads a letter that kicks her out of the Playboy mansion so like that was a a no-go i did have good at sports but i didn't tick it because i don't know if yoga counts as a sport or car washing is that a sport Uh, she's athletically yoga would be yeah athletic well i don't know maybe i got a line earlier then but i I don't know about good at sports there's no competitive sports in this i don't think i don't remember seeing anything like that maybe some background like jock is like throwing a frisbee probably yeah i mean there are bits when people jump in pools but does it count as tom daly level diving i don't think it does i don't think so i think we need to add jump in pool to the sandler scale okay we can do that very late it is a bit too late now i don't know if there's any jumping in pools in bulletproof or men women and children there might be you never know maybe a monster house it's like the stomach the pool is the stomach of the monster house but yeah there you go i think it is fairly strong on tropes but just not the specific sandler ones that we would usually expect maybe yeah i don't know there is there is still like singing shouting all of that sort of good stuff so not bad. It is definitely a Happy Madison film. That's that's what it says on the poster, probably. Definitely mm. a Happy Madison. Um, so now's the time. So, Luke, are we going to uh, get the DVD? It's just turned 27. So we go, fuck you, and put it in the pit. Or is Hugh Hefner going to be crying into his hagen over losing this beautiful film and then beg for it to come back into the castle? Where are we putting it? Poor Hugh. I'm sorry, I think I'm going to have to put this in the pit. After discussing it more, it is a comedy film and you've said you didn't laugh and I only laughed when someone said Idaho. Um, (laughs) There's maybe like three or four too many characters in that main group that some of them are undeveloped to the point that one of them is just someone who doesn't turn up but texts their feelings to someone and another one is just like of short short stature or whatever it said on Wikipedia. Mm. Um, Yeah, a lot of undeveloped characters. The mixed messaging is a bit too jarring that it sort of loses its way quite early. A lot of the visual gags don't really work because it's got quite a sloppy visual style. I hate the CGI. Said it once, I said it twice, I'll say it again. The CGI... 
does not need to be in this film. There are some redeeming parts of it. Emma Stone's early performance kind of hints at better things that are coming. Anna Faris is still likable, but her character's just underdeveloped to the point where, like, I think she probably... I know why they gave her a love story, but it probably wasn't really necessary, and it just adds more Mm. runtime to a film that's already only an hour and 28 minutes. It's like they're kind of scrambling for story points. Yeah, just in general, I don't think I'd ever watch it again. It's an easy watch. It's not the worst in the pit. It's definitely like a film compared to some of the Mm. other ones, but yeah, I think I'm going to have to say Pitt. We need more room in that castle. I can't keep just chucking stuff in just because I didn't form it after watching it. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> yeah, same for me. I haven't hated this as much as most of the films that we've seen in the pit. This is pretty serviceable film. Uh, and I think Anna Faris is very good as a lead role. And so's Emma Stone as well. Like you said earlier, you can tell that she's going to eventually become this great actor. Um, I just found that the messaging was a bit mixed. It comes very, very late in the game that the message is be who you want to be. And it spends a lot of the time kind of focusing on how if you change yourself for other people, things will go better for you, which eventually does happen. And they have changed by the end. So it kind of goes against their statement of being yourself uh, because they have to find a middle ground between being like Anna Faris's character and being their original selves, which sucks. Uh, I think that the way Hugh Hefner and the Playboy Mansion is treated is very safe and kind of friendly and wholesome which i refuse to believe was actually the case i refuse to accept that this creepy weird old man who had hundreds and hundreds of young women he gave a shit about any of them beyond anything surface level is just a little bit sickly and a bit gross and it feels like them trying to say you can make a film about the playboy mansion but this is how you're showing hugh hefner this is how you're showing us but yeah, to be honest, I can't believe we've spoken about this as often as we have. And again, like you said, as a comedy, I didn't even laugh. It's not very funny. So for that, it's going in the pit. I think that's I laughed fair. more at this goo you bought me. <laughs> that's supposed to quote. Not as funny as goo. <laughs> Do you want to play a little Sandler game? Yes. It's not very Sandler related, even in the slightest. I've made a game called Mad Magazines and Rotten Rags. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm really liking how stupid all our games are getting recently. Go on. There's only so many times we can go through like the IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes scores of Adam Sandler films, isn't there? We lost that a while ago. So the game is basically, I've got some names of magazines that are real and some that are made up. You have to tell me which one's real and which one's a fake, okay? It is as simple as that. (laughs) What's this got to do with the housework? Playboy. (laughs) Oh, of course, okay. Sorry, yeah, I should have explained the uh, connection there, but... Playboy was once a magazine. I don't know if it still is. It probably is. So yeah, it is as simple as that. So you just say real or fake. That's it. Once I tell you these names. Okay. Ready? Yeah. All right. First one. (laughs) Fat sex. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Fat sex, uh, I think, is not a real magazine. No, it's real. Fuck off. (laughs) Yeah. It's real. You can buy it on adultmagazines.com. I'm on my work laptop. Oh, fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> Fat Sex Magazine. <laughs> Amazingly, Google Images hasn't come up with anything except men's health. <laughs> <laughs> no, Fat Sex is real. You can subscribe to it. Can't you just send me your subscription? <laughs> You're a lifetime I'm going to start sending it to Costa Rica. <laughs> So yeah, you were wrong. Fat sex is real. Jugs with two Gs. Oh, that sounds... Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's a real magazine. 
Yeah, that's a real American one. Video boy. Video boy. <laughs> I just saw the little smirk on your face. That's not fucking real. Video it boy. It is real. It's a real Japanese lad mac. Lad mac? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They, they say lad in Japan, but it's a real Japanese magazine. All right. Oh, dear. Practical Pigs magazine. <laughs> what? Practical Pigs? Yeah. Is this? A, are they all porn? Are they all porn? Magazines. I know, but like, are we going Nintendo magazine or are we? Are they all like zoo and nuts? Right, look. It says, it says a lot, but like any magazine is porn depending on how creative you are. <laughs> <laughs> you can smile. <laughs> Don't worry. You're not going to get hurt. It's a safe space. <laughs> no, they're uh, just magazines. So what, they're not all porn. What, Some might have dirty sounding names, but... Okay, so what's this greedy pig magazine? Practical Pigs magazine. Practical Pigs. I think this is not real. That's no, real. Are they all real? Is that the twist? No. <laughs> like, it was like Practical Pigs. I think the full title was like Rearing and something else. It was like a, a farming magazine. All right. Okay. The Nasty Traveller. <sighs> the Nasty Traveller. I think that's real. No, it's fake. Fuck's sake. It's a bastardization of Condé Nast Traveller. <laughs> Have you ever heard of Condé Nast? Um, no, I haven't. Spade Chat. Now, here's the question. Have you specifically looked up Spade magazines or have you made that up because of David Spade? Okay, thank God you do understand the format of the game. I was a bit worried. (laughs) (laughs) That is the question. Spade chat, is it real or fake? I'm trying to work out with you whether you'd research existing Spade magazines. Hmm. I think think this is real. It's fake. I made that one up. Fuck. Thought it'd come be good after uh, the Practical Pigs one, you know? What a world. Mm. Ben Health magazine. Ben Health. <laughs> yeah. Instead of men's health, Ben Health. Who's Ben? It's fake. One word, Ben Health. You think that's fake? Yeah. That's real. It's one of the top magazines <laughs> in the UK. Oh. Ben Health. Ben Man, Health. Look. Yeah. I hope I'm not just Wait. dyslexic. I'm sure it was Ben Health. All one word. <laughs> oh, fuck off. Israel. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. Wikipedia never lies. Ben and Den Health. Wait, I've just searched Ben Health. There's no images option. Hang on. Maybe your laptop's got like all these blocks on it because it's a work one. I don't even know what this is. All right, fine. It was was on Wikipedia. It's one of the top ones. Ben Health. There are images of it. Martin Clunes has been on the cover of it. Why was he (laughs) on the cover of it? He's a Ben Healthy man. Um, (laughs) Dirty dinner ladies. Dirty dinner ladies. Mm-hmm. And Ben Health was real. I'm saying this is fake. Yeah, this is fake. I made that one up. It's just what Thank I imagined. Melons. <laughs> <laughs> real. It's fake. <laughs> Fuck off. Man. I made melons up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, Pro Magazine, but Pro stands for Portable Restroom Operator Magazine. That's so specific. I'm going to say that's that's real. Yeah, that is real. I haven't been keeping Hell count yeah. of any of these. <laughs> on our backs. On our backs? Yeah. Real. Yeah, that is a real lesbian magazine. Um, Good stuff. <laughs> all right, last one. Family Circle. Family Circle. I feel like uh, this is a real magazine, but it's going to be something horrible. You think it's real, but it's horrible. I bet like it's family circle, but it'd be like a horrible magazine about wanking. <laughs> it is real, but I don't know is if it's it about wanking. What's it about? I don't know. 
I've just had Ben Health. I've just seen the Martin Clunes one. Oh, yeah. What's up, Doc? Martin Clunes on playing a TV doctor and the challenge of taking on Conan Doyle. What? Who's Conan Doyle? Oh, Arthur Conan Doyle. Yeah. Why well, is he I've... playing Sherlock? Maybe, yeah. I don't know when. I think that's all of them. Nice. So we How had fat sex, real. On our backs, real. Jugs, real. Video boy, real. Portable restroom operator, real. Practical pigs, real. Ben Health, real. Family Circle, real. The fake ones was the Nasty Traveller, Spade Chat, Dirty Dinner Ladies, Melons. <laughs> Lovely selection. Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. <laughs> what? Melons? Melons, the Dirty Traveller, and the other two, I can't remember. That's like, if Melons was real, it would definitely be like the Carry On magazine. You remember like Carry On films? Yeah. Yeah, it's God, like a sort of fake was... one from that. There you go. Well, that was a fantastic game. I don't know how you did, but it's all about the fun. It's the same with reading magazines, you know. It's not about how many magazines you read. It's about how much you enjoy the magazines. Do you read magazines anymore? Not particularly, no. Just family circle. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just a big, big fan of Ben Health. That's it. There you go. Well, we've put the house bunny in the pit. We've read some mad magazines and rotten rags. We've opened some goo. (laughs) When I said that this podcast was going uh, fortnightly so that the quality goes up. (laughs) It's so funny how bad it's become. (laughs) No, it's not. All those segments. Wonderful. (laughs) All right. So, uh, Luke, what are we doing in a fortnight? In In a fortnight, in two weeks, we are going to be sending more goo to each other. We're going to be having a big goo review. (laughs) The goo pit. The goo pit. Um, No, in two weeks, it's going to be my birthday. Uh, I'm turning 27, the same age as um, Anna Faris's character from The House Bunny or whatever whatever her name was. Last year, we did a grown-up special in celebration of me becoming a grown-up at 26. Grown-ups. Grown-ups at 26. So this year, we're going to be doing a commentary of Grown-ups 1. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's not a Grown-ups 3. There's just that script that that guy wrote that was still impressive, but... We need to revisit one of the classics. We've done the commentary before where we revisited a good film. We did The Wedding Singer. And this time we're revisiting one of our films from the pit. I think it'll be nice. I think we can decide whether it gets moved up or not. I don't think it will, but nah, that's not, fine. Not Grown Ups 1. Maybe yeah, Grown Ups 2, though, because we're going to be, are we going to be drinking Dioran? Yeah. We're gonna... Should we do a live Sandler scale? While we watch it, you know, yeah, like when we do That's My Boy and we have like crime on it and we take a, a sip every time there's some crime, we could do that. We could make, we could tailor one that we know is going to affect us. Like Kevin James jumps in a pool. Every time that oh. happens, we have to drink. Oh, we'd be fucked. I can't believe this is going to be the third time I've gotten drunk watching Gropes 2. <laughs> this is just Grown Ups 1 at this point. No spoilers okay. for the future, but maybe we're going to revisit Grown Ups 2 on a yeah. certain other person's birthday. But who knows? Before who knows? that, we're going to be celebrating you turning 27. So we're recording this outro right now, back in December. On your actual birthday, what are you going to be doing? I'm going to be somewhere in Costa Rica, but I don't know where. Unless there's a lockdown, which will make this horrible and sad to listen back to. It's mad that you're literally planning to get kidnapped. I'll be somewhere <laughs> and I don't know where I'll be. <laughs> <laughs> who knows i have no power over anything anymore uh, yeah i'm like le- over my head i haven't bought my flights yet either and it's in like fucking i'm leaving in like 20 days and in those 20 days we have to record what like eight of these <laughs> <laughs> everything you tell me about your personal life just gives me like a heart murmur it makes me so worried <laughs> 
Yeah, because I've got to quit my job and move out of my house. I haven't told my landlord I'm moving. I've only just told my managers I'm quitting. Does he listen? I fucking hope not. That'd be so embarrassing if he found out I was leaving from fucking listening to this bullshit. But no, um, sorry if all of our references until like May are very January specific. Yeah, we're not going to be the most timely podcast, are we? Hopefully nothing mad happens. Oh dear. But yeah, so if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us thesandlipit at gmail.com. You can also visit our social media at the Sandlipit on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook, where I'll be doing a live review of this big bag of goo. <laughs> All the way from Costa Rica. <laughs> All the way from Costa Rica. It's quite nice in the bag. It's quite nice in the bag. I need a yeah, new maybe bag keep for it. it in there. That, for your birthday, I was sent you. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> <Dropped> it. Don't <laughs> sell my fucking keyboard. If, um, seal the baggie. if anyone wants Luke's address so they can send him a customised goo bag for his birthday, just message me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Joe Tyrone, for doing all the music for this podcast. Absolutely lovely stuff. Um, yeah. Thank you to Luke Thomas for just being here, really. I hope you don't die in Costa Rica. Um, and thanks for steaming your way through all those drawings that you're doing in advance. <laughs> I did four this morning. That were all very funny to draw, but everything else is going to be just shit yeah. and i know for a fact the house bunny one is going to be shit i think it's justifiable though it fits it fits the tone yeah. i think you should just do a drawing of your hand covered in green goo <laughs> <laughs> um and thank you luke terry for editing together this podcast and keeping it afloat and uh manning the ship whilst i'm uh i'm away which will be very yeah. funny if we do struggle to get enough episodes for you do you nominate anyone as a supply teacher to come in no or a no, no, I want it written, known here. If I die in Costa Rica, <laughs> then this podcast ends. No one will fill my shoes ever. I can't ever. believe you're getting to have your own Costa Rican summer. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Peter Dante. Uh, it's idol. funny because this podcast could survive without me very easily and <laughs> would fucking tank so quickly without you actually doing the uh, legwork on it but yeah thank you so if anyone thinks it's a bit weird where like in the end of april there's a cgi version of luke thomas like a little hologram but it's got joe tarone's <laughs> voice don't be shocked <laughs> hey uh so i thought that uh fucking uh, <laughs> thought zero was pretty fucking good <laughs> <laughs> i love joe as a sickly victorian child <laughs> <laughs> no, if you run out of content, you can have Joe Tyrone, but nothing we've not seen. You'll have to redo films and you'll we'll have to do the art. Redo Uncut Gems and it will go into the pit. Could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> you did that. <laughs> I'd be so angry. Yeah, come back in two weeks when we're going to be doing our grown ups uh, commentary. And until next time, it's been a very happy Sandler Bye from me and a very happy Sandler Bye from him. A brothel, I'm not looking to make soup. It's pretty good, isn't it? That was discuss that. That's a fucking great joke. I'm a bunny. Men write to me from prison.